Well, if you have your Bible, turn over to the book of Acts. The book of Acts, chapter 8. The service is not over yet. And um, we're just going to share the Word of God for a few moments and encourage your faith and feed you as the people of God. Peter said, feed the flock of God. Not by constraint or, or for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. And so we, we have a ready mind and we have a willing mind and we want to impart the life of God. And I, I like what, what Paul said. He said, I, I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift that you may be established. And so what the ministry gifts are, are equipped by the Holy Ghost to do is to impart unto you things. And, but it's up, you know, God giveth, but you have to receiveth. <laughs> God giveth, you know, that's what the Bible says, that God gives power to the faint. He giveth, but it's up to you to receiveth, to receive. Amen. I wasn't just using bad English. I'm just <laughs> quoting the verse. You have to receiveth. Say, I receive today from the Lord. So Acts chapter 8. Father, we thank you and bless you today. We thank you for your people. Thank you for your word that's alive and quick and powerful in our lives. And Lord, thank you that it feeds us and causes us to grow. And we just purpose in our heart to be doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter 8. And I want to look in verse number 32. I'm sorry, it's... it's Chapter 9, verse 32. And it came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lydda. And there, and there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. How many know that's a long time to be laid up in the bed? And Peter said unto him, Aeneas... Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. You know, I'm, I'm sure he was probably just like the, the man at the gate called Beautiful. He's looking, expecting to receive. You remember, and they said, look on us. He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Now, Peter's going to give him something that he has in this instance as well. He says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh you whole. Arise and make your bed and he arose immediately. And all that dwelt at Lydda and Saron saw him and turned to the Lord. Now one translation says this, Jesus Christ cureth thee. You know, the cure for all of mankind is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. That heart hunger. Like I said, you can, you know, you can do drugs until you're in a semi-comatose state. I mean, you can... You can, do, you can drink, you know, until, you know, you pass out. You can eat till you can't turn over. You can do all kind of things in the natural to try to fill that. But, but it's only Jesus Christ is going to fill that void. And so many cures for the ailments of mankind have been concocted and administered to mankind through the ages. You know, things like... You, you, you see different things like this, this one person came up with the barefoot cure. It's supposed to cure everything. You just go barefooted all the time. Now, I know that there's 
things called grounding and those things, the electrical charge in your body. I'm not talking about something goofy or anything, but it's, it's something that's, you know, it's real. But, you know, we walk with shoes on all the time, but um, a lot of people, they, they understand that. But the barefoot cure, you know, the someone came up with this mud bath cure, supposed to kill you, you know, heal you from everything from um, AIDS to cancer, you know, the common cold. People have all these. How many remember back years ago you had the medicine men? Well, they're, they're you know, they're peddling these, these, these bottles of things that's, that's supposed to heal you of any and everything. So, the, so mankind has always been presented with different cures. But the Bible tells us of a cure that doesn't cost anything. But this was the most expensive cure because it was paid by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It cost Jesus, the Son of God, His life. Jesus' death and resurrection paid for a cure for you that doesn't cost anything. And here's the thing. Today, if you will administer this cure, it's going to work every time in your life. And so the name of this cure today is called the praise cure. The praise cure. Everyone say the praise cure. Hallelujah. So I want to preach this morning about the praise cure. Hallelujah. If you've ever read the works of Lillian B. Yeoman, she was a physician and she got addicted to pain medicine. And um, anyway, she was at death's door. And she, she actually was not born again. She received the Lord, repented. God healed her and delivered her from that addiction. In fact, she was at death's door. Her, her, her hair had fallen out, I think. And anyway, God healed her and restored her back. And, and her hair was uh, jet black. And, um, <laughs> you know, so God restored her back, healed her. And she went for the next several years, actually several decades, preaching divine healing. And so that's where we get things like Healing from Heaven, The Great Physician. And there's, uh, there's four little books that, that we actually have in our possession that, that she wrote on the subject. But she tells this story because Lillian Beoman, she would take people into what was called a healing home and a faith home. And so medical science had given up on these people so she would teach them the word of God and, and, and put faith in them and they would many times many, most of them were healed and raised up from the deathbed but she tells a story about this one lady that had smallpox and if you remember back then I mean we're talking you know I don't know 80 100 years ago that was a, a deadly thing and so this one lady though she had smallpox and so she being that it was a deadly um, sentence upon your life, she fervently sought the Lord. She, like the Bible says, she turned her face to the wall, you know, like we see how Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. So she, she did that. And so anyway, the Lord gives her a vision and shows her a vision of two baskets. And one basket was full. And it was about the problem. And it was about, you know, and, and the petitions and, and the problem. And the other one hardly had anything in it, and it said Thanksgiving. 
And the Lord said, when your, when your uh, other basket is full, then you'll be healed. So she went to a praising and to a blessing the Lord and, and giving thanks. Amen. And so for days she did that. I mean, people even would pick it up down the hallway. They'd be, well, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just, just random people pick it up. Why? Because she was just full of those praises. What happened? Every pot disappeared off her body as she began to praise and bless the Lord. Why? Because the praise cure. The praise cure was administered to her body. As we said, it's already been paid for 2,000 years ago. And so I believe that many of us, that can be the case where that, that one is actually really low. That basket's full. It's got two or three in there, you know. Two or three little thanksgivings. And, but God wants us to be full of thanksgiving. Can you say amen? So there is a cure that never fails in any circumstance. And so as you implement this in your life, it's going to always work for you. Now I want you to turn over to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. God taught the children of Israel about him performing exploits through the praise cure. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of times the problem is, is, is people in general, they, 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 they go to God as a last resort. Well, you know, it looks like we're going to have to have a miracle. It looks like we really have to pray this time. And then another person stands up and says, oh, has it come to that? But God is the one we should go to first. I'm reminded of Asa. How many remember King Asa? The Bible says that he was diseased in his feet. And it said he sought not the Lord, but went to the physicians. And it said he died. Now, it didn't say he died because he went to the doctor. But it said he put them first, and he didn't put God first. So it's okay to go to the doctor, but... You know, if you go, people say, well, you know, should I go to the doctor or should I believe God? If you go to the doctor, you need to be believing God. So it's not an either or case. <laughs> if I'm going to the doctor, I'm going to be believing God. So no matter what it is, you're believing God for the, for the outcome of what the Bible promises us. But Second Chronicles chapter 20, God tells and shows his people that praise was going to be their victory. Look over in 2 Chronicles 20, verse, let's look in verse 1. This is the time not to go to sleep. Amen. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them other besides the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There comes a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea. On this side Syria, and behold, they be in this long place here, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Now I want you to skip down. We could look at these different prayers, but look down in verse 14. Verse 12, he says, Lord, you know, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Verse 14, then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, 
the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. So because of these prayers, the Spirit of God comes on the man of God. And he said, hearken you, all Judah and all you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid. Now we see this all through the Bible, don't we? Whenever God would appear to people, don't be afraid. Nor dismayed. So does that mean that, that you can help it from being afraid? Or does God know that, you know, sometimes we just can't help it? No, he says, don't be afraid. You know, it's like the one person came in a prayer meeting and they said, you know, they're sitting in the back and they, um, they stood up and they supposedly prophesied and said, my children, if you be my children, well, you know, God knows if you're his, his child or not. Don't be afeared. Don't be afraid. Don't be afeared. But it's okay because sometimes I get afeared myself sometimes. Well, how many know that's not the Holy Ghost? That's somebody that, that had um, some sour milk before they got to the meeting or something. God's not afraid. So he tells us, God re repeatedly tells us, don't be afraid. And he tells the king, don't be afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Everyone say, the battle is not mine, but God's. Now, does that mean that I just sit on my laurels, you know? Do I just sit, you know, on my backside and, and, and do nothing? He says, tomorrow go down against them. You're still going to have to go out. You're still going to have to go and possess the land. God's given you a land, but you're still going to go out and possess it. And he tells them here, tomorrow go down against them, and behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook. You know, it, it, it's not fair to the enemy, but that's good. The Bible talks about how the battle plans were given in the Old, old Covenant to, a, to the man of God, to the prophet. And it says, whatever he hears, in the, you know, he knows in the bedchamber all your battle plans. And they try to go kill the prophet for that. But that's what happens when you're in tune with the Holy Spirit. That God's going to let you know. God's not going to do anything except he first tells his prophets, the Bible says. But he tells them, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korhites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. See, we have scripture for everything we do around here. Amen. When you think, man, is that even right? You, you know, standing up. Look at here. This is Old Testament too. They stood up to praise the Lord with a loud voice on high. But notice what, what happened when, when God had this battle plan. What did he call for? He called for the singers to come forward. To sing and to praise. To say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. 
He didn't call for the mighty. No, sure, there were mighty warriors there. There were people that had, had been through many wars. But he tells them to bring forth the singers. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't you kind of second guess that? You know, make sure you go back and pray again. Make sure that you see. Did you really hear from God this time? And so it would have been easy for him not to pay attention to this. But the Israelites' offensive weapon was one of praise. You know, he could have just had a prayer meeting. Now, we believe in prayer. But there's a time where you need to go from prayer to praise. The Bible tells us in Acts 16, 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. He prayed and sang praises to God. Now, it'll do you no good just to sit here and, and during this message and think, oh, that's just a beautiful message about, and, unless you go and do it. Unless you go and do it, you might as well leave now. Amen? You have to put this into practice. Don't leave because God's got something good for you. But you have to put this into practice. You can't just, you can't just, you know, a lot of times we just, we, we admire the word. Oh, it's so, so, so beautiful. You know, just like the, the book itself. We just, what a nice Bible and this and that. You know, you leaving the Bible on the coffee table is not going to do you any good. It's got to get on the inside of you. It's got to, you got to put it into practice. It's got to be the nitty gritty of everyday life. Amen. You know, I was just reminded of this. I, I was just listening to um, a man of God, and he was talking about people in life and death situations. He always would encourage them because they had a, uh, at this ministry, a healing school. So he would always encourage the people that um, were in life and death situations to read at least 10 chapters a day. A lot of people think, well, I don't have time for that. But those same people, they'll go watch the Super Bowl for six hours. <laughs> Amen. Don't worry, I'll get off your toes in a minute. But um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we had an individual years ago. We start feeling the sniffles about Monday of, of Super Bowl week. By about Wednesday afternoon, it was getting a little worse. By Sunday, I'm not going to make it there to serve. Well, we knew that on Monday afternoon. Especially now since his team's in it, you know. But, uh, but that was years ago. He's not listening anyway. And if he was, that'd be even better. Where were we when we said that? You have to take the time. Because, you know, in life and death situations, you, you need to take that. I'm reminded also of another individual. He beat cancer twice. And during that time, you know what he did? The Lord instructed him when it, and it hit him to read the book of Mark every day. 16 chapters. Well, I just don't have time for that. Well... Depends if you want to live or not. And so when God gives us instruction, we have to follow that instruction. What's, what's he telling? Now, this, this is a good instruction from the Lord. Just send your, your, your praisers out in the front. Stand still and watch me work. 
Psalm 22 verse 3 says this, But you are holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. He inhabits praises. What does that mean? That means he lives in praises. Well, you know, God just doesn't seem real to me. Well, begin to praise him. Begin to just to, to fellowship with him. Just, just begin to bless him. Begin to praise him. You know that there's no scripture in the Bible that says that praise is silent. That, you, that it's just something you use with your heart. You actually open your mouth. Now, you don't have to be loud about it, but you do say something. Well, you know, the Lord just knows that I, I'm thankful in my heart. Well, he, he really doesn't know it until it comes out of your mouth. <laughs> you know, the Bible says, now I know that Abraham. He says, now I know. Well, didn't God know ahead of time? Well, he emphasizes the fact that now I know since he obeyed me. It's like when, when people say that they're thankful. Are they really? Until they express it, you don't know it. That's why we need to, one thing about the old covenant, they were some expressive folk. Oh, yeah. When they were mad, they were mad. <laughs> when they were glad, they were glad. The Bible says that the noise of their praising and their, their party, it said it was heard and, and it, it, it shook the whole ground. It said their noise was heard from afar off. Amen. God is the one that instituted party. Amen. But he says, you are holy who inhabits the praise of Israel. Now go back to 2 Chronicles. Look at what happened here. On verse, in verse 20, it says, They rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets so shall you prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. That's why I get you to say that every week. Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Praise God. So when the Lord tells you to do something, don't lean to your own understanding. Just obey Him. Make sure you're hearing from God and then you do it. Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Now look over in Psalms, Psalm 136. Now you can imagine these well-trained people in war when the Lord says, bring forth the singers, they're thinking, who are these people? Where where'd they come from? What, you know, what, what's the church group doing over here? Why is the choir? What, what, who invited them over here? But no doubt, maybe they were, they were singing like this Psalm 136. He says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. 
Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretcheth or stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endures forever. Now, this whole first section is extolling the great God Jehovah. Who he is, the God of gods and the Lord of lords. But the second part of this psalm, they praise God for his great delivering power to their forefathers. In delivering power in delivering them from the bondage of Egypt. Now, here's what they did. Listen to this. They praised God in faith for what he was going to do based on what he had already done for them and based on what they knew about his faithfulness. The same is true for us today. We can look back at what God has done for us. You know, don't, don't remember the, the bad, but you can recount your victories. But don't, don't get settled there either. You know, there's people, you know, we remember back in, in the great revival in this year, or the great revival in that year, and they're, they're stuck there. Or if you go back and you, you, you can see the old friends that you used to have, and they're still talking about the good old days. Amen. How many know forgetting those things which are behind and pressing towards the mark? I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But I, I can recount the victories God's given me. Why? Because if God did it once, he'll do it again. Lord, I remember when you healed me. Lord, I, I remember when you healed me of, of kidney disease. And I'm talking about my own self now. Lord, when I, was, when I had a hopeless uh, verdict against my life in the Tampa General Hospital. And, and Lord, I thank you that your word, that Lord, as your word was, the engrafted word was put into my, my heart. I thank you, Lord, that it began to work and work and work and work. And Lord, it brought forth a cure. And I thank you, Lord, as hands were laid upon me. Lord, even as the man of God prayed for me on July 4th of, of, of 2012, and my wife was in North Dakota, and I was laying on the floor in, in Tampa, Florida. <laughs> Lord, that you begin to, to, the healing power was administered to my body and affected a healing and a cure. And all the swelling left my body. Amen. What are you, you're just recounting all the, the good things that God has done. Hallelujah. And when, and when my foot looked like an elephant and I could only wear one pair of shoes because of the pain and because my feet were so big. Lord, I thank you that, that you, you, you dried all that up. And I thank you, Lord, that, I mean, you just begin to recount the goodness of God. Lord, I thank you that when, when I was in Bible school and I was down to $8 and a, and a, and a bag of tater tots, Lord, that you, you watched over me, you kept me, that you, 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 you kept me in a good place. That you are faithful to watch over me. Lord, you did it once and you'll do it again. Amen. He'll do it again. You did it once before, Lord, you'll do it again. Why? Because Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we see here 
the third part of Psalm 136, the psalmist recounts the victories the Lord has given to Israel and extols God once again for his greatness. Look, look down just for time's sake. Verse 16, he says, To him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endures forever. He smote great kings. He slew famous kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, the king of Bashan. I mean, these, these were big boys. I can't, I don't, know, I don't remember if it was Sihon or Og, I think it was Sihon. The Bible, they, they say that his bed was 13 feet by 8 feet. I mean, no, that's a pretty big bed. And, um, you know, he was a giant of a man. I mean, some of these people had like 12 digits, not, not just, you know, 10. They had like 12 digits, like extra fingers and, and toes and stuff like that. And so um, the Bible tells about the, the exploits that God did. And, and that, that's what they're rehearsing as they go. And, and Og, for his mercy endures forever. And Sihon, and for his mercy endures forever. Do the same thing in your own life. He said, who remembered us in our lowest state for his mercy endures forever. And he's redeemed us from our enemies for his mercy endures forever. Verse 26, oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven for his mercy endures forever. So what is praise? What is the praise cure? It's getting your mind off of yourself. You know, a lot of us just need to get our minds off ourselves. I said a lot of us just need to get our minds off ourselves. They praise God for all the great victories He had given them. So what about for us today? We're to praise and worship God for who He is. Now, you know, one of the great words of praise, there's a lot of, and I'm not here to, to, to speak Greek and Hebrew. It's all Greek to me. But, you know, it's, you can look at the different halal and different words Barak, these different words for praise, but one of the great definitions you see is it means to pray, to boast. You know, the Bible says, in God we boast all the day long. So that means you can brag on God. Amen. When the devil comes knocking at the door, just brag on God. Say, okay, devil, you're going to try that. Let me tell you about my God. This is what God's going to do. When the devil comes and says, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Say, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to praise and bless the Lord. You know, sometimes when, when, when things are just going, and, and it's like I heard Jerry Savelle say, he said, in the early days, he said his mind would be racing so bad, the only thing he knew to do was get in his car, go out and listen, put the Bible on tape. You know, you might need to do that. You might need to just put on good praise and worship and just bless the Lord at the top of your voice. Hallelujah. Why? Because when you're thinking on the praises of God, you're not thinking on the problems. You're not thinking about the circumstances. Lord, your mercy endures forever. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. And see, when this affects you is when you walk out of here and you get back in your car. You can either be Yosemite Sam, you know, just talk like that. Or you can, you can bless the Lord. <laughs> I mean, remember Yosemite Sam, he'd walk off and he'd just be a string of explicatives or something, you know. 
he just would grumble, 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 you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, sometimes it might be too late. Kind of like there was a, well, I won't go there. <laughs> it was about a cartoon. But there was a cartoon with Bugs Bunny and Yosemite Sam. And so um, if he could, Bugs Bunny showed up at his door and said, you know, if you, if you um, can, can prove that you're not mad, you know, and different things like that. And he said, I don't want any. He shuts the door. He says, a million pounds. He said, oh, a million pounds. Come on in. And so anyway, but then it forced him to actually be a servant. And then he gets mad and he, he shouts. He said, um, Sam, can you pass the salt? And he says, Oh, get it yourself. He said, oh, that'll be 200 pounds. You know, he's taking, he's taking all these pounds off of the money he would get. And at the very end of the cartoon, he says, he said, bunny, he said, bunny rabbit, I don't get mad no more. See? And, and then someone hits him on the head with a symbol and somebody hits, you know. And then at the end, he says, he said, I don't have the heart to tell him he's used up all the money. You know, he, he went through all that when if he would have been obeying from the beginning, he could have been enjoying the victory. See, a lot of people are like that. They, they just want to hold out to the end and then, you know. But as, as we praise and worship God, as we don't grumble, as we get our flesh in check, and we just begin to, to respond out of our heart. And Lord, I don't understand everything that's going on right now, but I'm just going to bless the name of Jesus. I'm going to thank you that your word is true. I take you at your word. I take you at your word. Praise God. So we, we praise and worship God for who He is, and we praise Him for what He's done for us in the past. We recount, re, recount our victories. Now turn back over real quickly, Second Chronicles. Maybe you still have it. Look in verse 22. When they began to sing and to praise. See, I don't care if you feel like you're a singer or not. Everyone can sing. And everyone can praise. The Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped destroy another. And when Judah came to toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked into the multitude, and behold... They were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. I mean, somebody's going to get real spiritual with there. You know, I don't really care about the spoil. You know, it's, they went back and took the spoil, and it was so much, it took three days to get it. How many remember that's what happened with Egypt? You know, they, they got to the place where they said, you know, you people are just a nuisance to us. Get out of here. Here, take this change of garment. Take this, take this, take this. Get, just get out of here. <laughs> and that's what happened here. They, they stripped that off. So what do we learn from this in this whole, this whole passage? Number one, that God is on our side. That to the believer, he comes to our rescue. 
See, there's going to be circumstances that look impossible to you. Maybe even this week. But if you are to stand firm and immovable in God's word, believing him to fight every battle for you, you're going to need to learn the power of praise. Praising God in the midst of your circumstances. In the face of every obstacle. Or as Brother Hagin used to say, obstacle. In the face of every obstacle before we see the victory. See, many Christians think that, you know, they, they say a little hallelujah or praise of God every once in a while. And then it's gimme, gimme, gimme. Lord, my name is Jimmy. I'll take all you can give me. Lord, us four, me and my wife, us four, no more. But that's not the kind of praise that's going to move God. You remember what I said about the lady who had the chicken pox? She fervently praised God. She fervently. You know, when you have nothing but death in front of you, what do you do? You praise God like, it, like your life depends on it because it does. I read the Bible like my life depends upon it because it does. I feed on God's word like my life depends on it. I speak the word like it, my life depends on it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of humorous. I was just thinking the other day, there's this, there's this video I, I have of, um, there was this um, worship service and there was this, just awesome time of worship. And this lady, she's throwing her hands up. And this other lady, she's literally like this. And just has the biggest scowl on her face. And I thought, boy, they should have deleted that or something. But, but I think for time and eternity, it's a good, it's a good, uh, we should show it one day just for people to see it. But it just, for time and eternity, it just shows that you can have one person being like in the glory of God and, and one person right next to him bored. Why? Not because of the, the person ministering, but because of, of their own heart. Hallelujah. So our Christian, for the Christian, Canaan land, you know, the, Canaan's land is what we call the promised land. But, you know, that's not really a type of heaven because heaven has no enemies. You know, when we get to heaven, we're not going to be fighting any enemies. But the Christian's Canaan's land is taking possession in this life of what is already rightfully yours in Christ. Do you know that you, you already have things that belong to you? There's a lot of things that people are trying to pray for that actually already belong to them. But there are giants that oppose us. But the Lord tells us to go forth with his praise in our mouth. And don't look at the giants. Don't focus on the giants. Hallelujah. Look only to God in His Word. Give Him praise because of what He's promised you. Why? Because He's able also to perform it. You know, I heard, I heard somebody say this many years ago, and I'll, I'll conclude with this. But if you grab a hold of this, it'll change your life. Number one... If talking about a good formula for faith is this, faith in God's word. Number one, have God's word on the subject. That's pretty simple. 
Believe, number two, believe God's word. Number three, don't consider contradictory circumstances. Lord, your word says this, but it looks like this. I know, but this is my word and this is what it says. So then you don't even pay attention to that. And then number four, praise God for the answer. That's pretty simple. Lord, I got this. You know, someone could say, Lord, I have a terminal condition. The Bible says 2,000 years ago, on the stri- stripes were put on Jesus' back for your healing. So, I b- Lord, I see that, and I believe it. And, Lord, I don't consider the fact that what my body's telling me right now, and I'm just going to praise you for the answer. And, you know, here's the good news. A lot of people are trying to heal themselves. A lot of people are trying to be their own provider. I don't have to. I rest. Faith is a rest. You can wear yourself out trying to receive. I know because I've done it myself. But faith is a rest. We which do believe enter into rest. So as we believe in God, see, here's the thing. If you can rest, you can recover. You know, there's rest and recovery. What, what do they tell you if, if, you, if you're down, you're under the weather? Do this, do this, and get some rest. See, if you can rest, you can recover. So as you believe God, you enter into a rest. You're not trying to fight to get healed. Lord, I believe your word, and, and it's true. Amen. It's, you know, it takes all the striving out in life. It takes, you know, it makes being a Christian fun again for, for some people. <laughs> where they're, they're not trying to fight to, to win every little battle, you know. You just, you resist the enemy, but then you just rest. Lord, your word said it, and I'm not, what are you going to do about this? Nothing. You need $1,000 by the end of the week. So, I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest. And in the, in the meantime, I'm going to praise God for the answer. And that just drives the devil berserk. I'm just going to praise him. You know why? Because here's what praise is. Praise is, is tunnel vision in God's direction. So you, you want to have tunnel vision when it comes to the things of God, where you're looking only at him and his word. Everything else, that same author, Lillian B. Yeoman, said this, God is excited when his, and takes pleasure when his children step out over the aching void with nothing under their feet but the word of God. All you have is a word. All you have. But it's like that one Indiana Jones. They throw the, the, the dust across and then all of a sudden you see this bridge appear. You might think there's nothing there, but when you speak the word, you know, you know what confession does? Confession, like, like one writer said, is, is confession is, is the bridge. It builds the bridge that faith brings its mighty cargo. So when you confess the word, well, I don't believe in that. Well, you won't, you won't be bothered with it. Don't worry, you won't have it. But for those that want to dare believe God and confess that, that his best is mine, then what's going to happen is you create a highway that God's, God's mighty cargo is going to come across it. Hallelujah. Amen. And there's some good things in that, that mighty cargo. 
Amen. And that's why I'm going to keep my mouth going with good things. He fills my mouth with good things. So my youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, if you speak bad things, that's why you're always wore out. When you speak bad things, that's why you're so, so tired. So tired and wore out. But the Bible says he fills your mouth with good things. So when you speak good things, what's going to happen? You're going to be constantly renewed. I'm being renewed and renewed and renewed. In Jesus' name. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just praise him for a moment. Thank you, Lord. We bless you this morning. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory and we give you honor. We thank you, Lord, for the victory this hours. That, Lord, 2,000 years ago, Lord, you paid the price that we could have the praise cure. Thank you, Lord, that every person in this place can, can administer that at any time in their own life, any, any circumstance. And, Lord, we just bless your holy name. We thank you for it. Hallelujah.